G'day everyone and welcome to episode 7 of I Was a Teenage Fundamentalist. Today, B, we're going to talk about... Leaders and leadership. Leaders and leadership, which is going to be a very important um, topic, I think, because there's so much to say there. I dare say this may be another part one. I, I think it, it will be. And I mean, it, it's there's so much in it. So it'll be good to uh, get stuck into it and see where it leads us, really, because as we do with everyone in these episodes... We think of a couple of things and then we just talk. So there's not really a great deal of pre-planning. So. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And um, you mentioned to me that you were feeling a little bit unsettled in sort of the aftermath of talking about some of this stuff. Yeah, like it, it brought up stuff that I didn't know was there, which is quite interesting. I um, Particularly after week one and two, I remember I sat down and spoke with you a, a week or so after and, and went, I felt really unsettled. I felt... It brought up stuff that I thought I dealt with, um, but it was definitely obviously there's baggage there. Yeah, yeah, so. same, same, one hundred percent. My my wife actually said to me, "Maybe you need to not do this," and I'm like, "No, nah, I think it's too important." And you know, but one hundred percent, I I've, I have been feeling rocked by this as well. And a couple of people have reached out um, via some of our communication channels, and they've been saying the same thing that you know mm. they've been listening. It's been making them angry or making them upset or. You know, and and they said very much what you said. I obviously still have baggage. I thought I was over all this, mm. um, but obviously not. It's, it's interesting though. Like we we've spoken many times about how do we actually maintain some positivity about some of this stuff? Because you know, I'm a firm believer in everything we go through. There's absolutely a, a silver lining, or there's a, a flip side to it. That there is positive. There's stuff we can learn that we can bring forward and apply throughout our life. So I think that's how I've dealt with some of this stuff and some of the experiences previously is making sure I, I learn from it and translate it to something positive. So I think it's important that we embed that and maybe reflect on it as we go through. Yeah, sure. I think um, another thing to point out is we do have the Facebook group. Um, people have started to engage. You are welcome to come in there. And engage. Yep. Um, if you know, if you feel that you want to share with other people or share resources that helped you get through, um, you know, leaving the groups or um, or your involvement in the groups, that's fine. Go in there and do that. Um, I was thinking about what kind of uh, websites or books or things like that could we share. So if you know anything that has been sort of useful or purposeful for you in this process, please go into our Facebook group and and share it. Yeah, that would be really, yep. really good. And and if I think of anything, I'll I'll put some stuff up as well. Um, one thing I did put in the Facebook group, I don't know if you saw, was that Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister of Australia, Australia, um, was at the ACC, Australian Christian Churches, which is the AOG. We 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 knew it as the AOG. They had a name yep. change, yep. and became the ACC or the Australian Christian Churches. And as I said to you before, um. Isn't that great? What an inclusive name. They are the Australian Christian churches, you know. Yeah. Screw the Anglicans, screw the Catholics, <laughs> screw everybody else. Actually, then I was thinking Catholics call themselves the universal church. So they've even got a more broad... Oh, yeah. Well, that's what Catholicism is, right? Yeah. It's, it means universal. Okay. Um, so, but, you know, I just thought that was a bit sort of... A bit of hubris there to say we are the Australian Christian churches. Yeah, and unfortunately, I mean, based on my experience, that is complete form. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. So, and actually, next week we're going to talk about organisations, so we can start to unpack that. Yeah, true. In there, yeah, yeah. very good. So, um, please jump into the Facebook discussion. But anyway, um, talking today about leaders and leadership. Yeah, so I mean, for me, the the whole leader thing was coming into something that was new that I had no idea about. Um, 
you, you, your attention goes to leaders straight away. You're looking for guidance. You're looking for, uh, for me, as I've, I've said back in episode one, it was my brothers that brought me into this space. I look to them, but they're in another state. So for me, connecting back to um, a, a local church back in hometown, like I really got straight in there and the people I connected with straight away was leaders. So they were mm. very influential in my life. Yeah, and, and they're right up the front too, aren't they? I mean, they're there, they're leading the songs, they're giving the sermons, they're, you know, taking the offerings. Yeah. The leaders are front and centre. Yeah, absolutely. And and they're the ones that, um, you know, f- for me, it was the people I was looking at that had all the answers, that held all the wisdom, that could guide me as um, I was trying to explore and unpack what this new world meant for me. So, mm. How long at, do you think it took you to trust them? Like you, you've, you've sort of turned up in there, you've marched in. How long before you were actually letting them give you advice and actually taking it? I was a bit of a sponge at the start um, and I probably... Um, took a lot of stuff on board naively and and actually ran with that. And it was probably six months in where I went, oh, my God, what some of this stuff that I'm just soaking up, I need to question a bit So oh. and I need to process it. So so how long did it take you to do that? About, that about, six, about six months. Okay, I think it took me about six years, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. But anyway, here we are again, you, you the sceptic and me, that you call yourself a sponge dude, no. Well, you know, I, I think I was at the start, and, and for me it was very much, um, I, I wanted to give this a shot. I wanted to see, you know, my life was a little bit of a mess at that time. I was, I was about 17 years old or whatever, and, um, you know, I... I had a good job and all that sort of thing, but I felt a little bit lost in life and I didn't, you know, I was sort of bouncing from here, there to everywhere and not anchored in anything. And this gave me something to anchor in. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, that, that first one or two churches I was involved with was relatively quick. So leaders didn't have an enormous amount of influence on me, but I certainly soaked up what they had to say, tried, you know, the different things that I should be doing to, to be involved, like, um, you know, hanging out with the people there, maybe going to a study group or whatever. So I did that, but it was probably um, the the next one I went to that I, I got quite involved with. And it was probably a couple of years later. I was about 19. And the leaders... So this is before Great Big AOG. This is before Great Big AOG. And, and for me, this place was um, pretty influential in my life. And some of it for me was about the fact... I, I had a really good experience with leaders in this place. They were... In, they were caring they they actually genuinely caring not just because you were there as part of their church or whatever they actually cared about you as a person and where you're at and they weren't as precious about being involved in every single part of the organization so they were not part of the AOG or what later became the Australian Christian Churches? No, they were fairly independent. Um, I, but they were still Pentecostal? They were still Pentecostal, but um, I can't remember the roots of where they'd come from, but um, they were. I can't remember them having a connection to any other site or whatever. They were quite independent. Okay. Um, and, you know, they were really good, and there was a good bunch of people, and I, I actually still connect with quite a few of the people from that space. Um, Are they still in it? Um, a couple are, mostly not. Right. Um, and then a couple that are have become, they build, if, if we were to cast them back in time to that scene, they would be considered quite liberal, right. uh, as in uh, very very loose with their thinking. I know liberal has different applications yeah. to me. So small L liberal, small. Not, not as in 
party. Yes, yes. Um, so, you know, I think that it would be quite different. But that, that was a really good experience for me. And it's interesting, though, how you put them up on a pedestal. Yeah. So for me, if I look back at it, they were still the people, they still had the answers. They were the people that you really needed to connect in with to make sure that you were on the right track. Um, but all in all, I think that was positive for me. So that was my introduction to the space, which I think yours was very different. Yeah, 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 quite different. Yeah, contrasting that. Um, the, the Revival Centres, which was the group that I was in, uh, was started by a guy by the name of Lloyd Longfield, and um, he's now passed away. Um, and he had come out of the Christian Revival Crusade, which is nowadays called the CRC Church, which is another Pentecostal. And they'd come out of the AOG, yeah, right? Okay. So it's it's all from the same, an, you know, common ancestor. To it's use like a babushka doll. Yes, like yeah. a babushka doll, exactly, yeah. except, except cults. <laughs> um, and so um, he was very much this, you know, central personality and, you know, I, I, some might say psychopath. Some might say um, he's dead, so I probably don't have to worry too much about being sued. But he was pretty, pretty intense character. Um, but in so, so the revival centers was him, yeah. and he was he was the revival centers. But I was in another city, so um, he was kind of seen as oh, you know, this guy, you know. Um, but the leaders in my in my local city where I was involved were also held up quite high. Um, but in the revival centers, you know, we talked about it being a cult, and. They used to say, oh, the leaders are just men. And by the way, they were all men. There yeah. was no women, okay. which is different for the Australian Christian churches. There were at least some women that could be pastors. They would you know, anoint women to be pastors. Um, but there was no women. And they used to say, oh, these, these pastors, they're just men. Okay. But they're not. They are a completely different breed. Um, they were the ones that could tell you where to live, yep. what kind of job you could have, um, who you can date. Yeah. Quite literally, if you went to them and said, oh, I'm going to date this person, they could say, I'm sorry, no, you're not. That's frightening. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the sort of control that they had. Um, and uh, if you're on their good side, then they were they were great and they were wonderful. Mm. But if you weren't, and I can remember when I was about 16, 17, um, I'd moved to another city and it was a, a very big revival centre. And um, one day the pastor asked to see me. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, because I, I love the pastors. I was on their, you know, in their good books. And he pulled me aside and um, took me into this to this room and it was this old musty, because the Royal Centers like to meet in old theatres. Yeah, I don't know okay. why. It became like this fad. And so they'd all, you know, rent out, rent out or buy these old theatres. And so took me into this musty old sort of room and uh, with this great big um, leather back chair and he sat there and looked at me and then started to talk to me about my behavior and where I'd been the week before and all kinds of stuff. And Gee. I just saw this look of absolute, I remember I was just a kid, but just this look of contempt in his eyes for yeah. me, you know, and, and he could see that I was trembling and he could see that I was afraid yeah. and he was fine with that. I'm not saying he was, you know, relishing in it and ha ha, you know, but he was fine with the fact that he was making me feel really, really small. So there's no caring, no grace. Oh, was, no, z- yeah. zero, you know. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't say zero, but very, very little. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, that, that, was, that was my experience of the leaders. And I remember, um, you know, I told you some weeks back when we did the story about when um, Pastor Jay came and got me and took me for a drive. I was, you know, shit scared. You know, the yeah. pastor wants to see me, you know, um, and, and, and this was why. And so the the pastors 
in the revival center, they could quite literally determine your eternal fate. Yeah. And when I was thinking about this and telling the story, I was thinking, actually, that's what the Catholics have done throughout history and the Orthodox have done this throughout history. So in yeah. one sense, it's very similar to what a lot of Christian groups do. Um, but they could tell you, um, you are now excluded from this church. We are the one true church. You are now not going to meet Jesus at the resurrection. Goodbye. You know, And that was <laughs> yeah. the kind of power they had. And that's the kind of power they could pronounce, um, you know, and the kind of things they could pronounce over you. So... 100%, very, very different, my first experience to your first experience. Yeah, that sounds... And, and you know, that sets the foundation going forward. So. Yeah, I think so. And and I think I said that to you once before, that, you know, because we had these different experiences initially, our experiences of Great Big AOG were coloured by that. Yeah, yeah. And so I think you were a lot more um, ready to, to question and challenge, whereas I was conditioned to go, oh, no, you know, whatever you say, yes, sir, no, sir. Yeah, because I, I guess that experience, the first experience that I'd had in the space, well, you know, the one I've just referred to, I mean, that questioning wasn't seen as something bad. It was, mm. let's have a conversation about it yeah. um, and let's be real about it. And so I think um, I did come into the space definitely with that headspace. But when I did come into Great Big AOG, it was a very different experience. Um, I found it a, a bit of an exclusive club. Mm. Like for an example was... On a, a and you know I, I certainly didn't question this at the time because um, I saw it as a right of theirs, but there was thrones on the stage, mm. like it was everything was elevated, um, so you could see the band, the speakers, or whatever. And at the back of the the stage where the speaker was was um, set up probably I don't know eight or ten chairs, and it was usually. There were great big ornate chairs oh, as well, weren't they? Yeah, the Revival Centre had those too. Yeah, they're very thronish. Yeah. Um, and there would be different elders or pastors or whoever ever that uh, was up there that week. But the reality was it was uh, it was saying, you are you and we are we and yeah. we are different. You know, we're not part of the, the same thing. And that was a message. Some of the smaller AOGs could be a little bit more agile, a little bit more yeah. progressive. Um, and I stress a little bit more. And they may not have had those thrones and things like that, but there was still a demarcation. There was still a, a chasm between pastors yep. and everybody else. Oh, most certainly. And it, it was very different. Um, but interestingly, like it became something that was quite attractive because you were set apart. So um, probably over time, even though I did question a lot of things, I probably accepted a lot too. Um, so when I started, I've always been recognised in whatever jobs I've had or whatever as having a, a fairly natural leadership style. So I'll usually become a manager or a team leader or, or whatever of a, a space that I'm in. And I think that was recognised in the AOG too. So I was being groomed as a leader mm. there. Um, and I saw that as incredibly flattering. Like that really stroked my ego. And for me, I, I think I wanted to become one of those that was set apart, one of those ones that people looked up to as the wise and knowing, you know. Mm. Um, and for me, I, I'm, I don't think it was about control. Um, it was probably about recognition. Mm. Um, so status. Yeah, absolutely about status. Um, whereas some of my experiences, I, I remember it was uh, your friend, Pastor Jay, who remember one day him calling me, I was, I was around the church um, and he said, go to my office and wait outside. And I remember being frightened, thinking, what the hell have I done? Mm. Um, anyway, he went into his office, he poked his head out and he goes, I want you to stay there. I don't want you to go anywhere. I'm like, oh God, what and I'm racking myself thinking, what the hell have I done? Anyway, about 15 minutes later of sweating on it and going, I haven't done anything. 
pulls me in and he goes, I want you to sell my motorbike. I went, what? And he goes, I want you to sell my motorbike. And it was just a complete power trip. Like mm. there was people that had seen the way he treated me outside his office and put So there'd there. been an audience when he'd done this. Oh, there were several people. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Probably a dozen people that had right. seen that. Right. And, and I remember at the time saying to him, what the hell was that about? You could have just asked me. Um, and he had absolutely zero self-reflection about the way he'd approached it, how I would actually see that and any effect that it'd have on me. Yeah. And I remember, that's one thing that has stuck with me. I know it was one small event, but I just thought, what the hell? And then there was several other events with other leaders there that were similar. Um, it was um, very much about being told that I, I should be in leadership, I should be doing this. And when I, I was definitely part of that for a year or two of wanting to, to be that person, be that leader. But I guess for me, it, it got to a stage where I just don't actually think that's what I want. Mm. Um, you know, I went, to, I went to Bible college for a year and, um, or a bit over, and it was at the, probably at the end of one of those years where I went, I don't think this is what I want. This is what I've been told that I should be doing. This was the track. It was the track, yeah. Um, wanted to be a, a career pastor, you mm. know, and, and it was seen as a career. Um, there was a lot of people, there's a lot of pastors on staff at, at that place at Great Big AOG. And I think it was seen as something that you aspired to. Mm. Um, for me, it wasn't what I wanted. And I, I guess the, it was one of the things as well as that, uh, time of the Toronto blessing where everybody was laughing and uncontrollable mm. laughing. That so was, that would have been about the mid nineties. Yeah, it's about mid nineties. I think it was 96, maybe 97, even oh, 96. Yeah. I can't remember, but, um, somewhere around there. And I, I remember that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me that I left. But there was also that push to be a leader that I was actually referred to as a pew warmer. Um, if I wasn't, um, which was interesting because it was saying that, you had to be the type of leader that they wanted, the mm. type of leader that stood out and sat on a throne rather than one that's embedded and influential with people. Sure. I, I, I hear. I, I think that the the leadership of Great Big AOG and actually of the Assemblies of God, Australian Christian churches as a whole, is very hierarchical. Yeah. So as much as we're saying that, you know, there's us and them, meaning that there's pastors and there's, and there's you know, pew warmers... Um, within the, the leadership themselves, it was very hierarchical, yeah. right? And so that, that they had levels. And so you had sort of, you know, youth pastors and assistant pastors, and then you, know, you sort of go all the way up to become the senior pastor of your local organization or your local church. Um, and then you could actually become a member of the um, Assemblies of God, Australian Christian Churches, state executive, and then the national executive and, and all that kind of thing. And so there was definitely... Um, levels to jump up and up and up and up and up and you know once you it's like Amway you know once you get in there yeah. until you you know got to the very very top there was always somewhere to go next and so there was always that carrot I think in in front of us yeah look I think any large organisation regardless of what it is needs some sort of corporate structure to manage it and governance and that oh. that's absolutely got to happen but I think there's ways of doing that. And oh yeah, well, there's, there's, isn't it? There's, there's healthy organisations and yeah. there's toxic organisations, and, and, at, you know, I, and you too, we can't really speak for what the Australian Christian Churches is like now, mm -hmm. but the AOG when we were in it, I, I have no qualms of saying it was a toxic organisation. Oh, hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you know your experience. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I remember because having left 
the Revival Centre and then coming into the um, into Great Big AOG, there was a gap of a couple of years where I said before I was, you know, clubbing and partying and just basically being normal, really. Yeah. Um, and so when I came in, I was like, no one's ever going to tell me what to do again and all that kind of stuff. And I think they could probably sense that in me at first. Yeah. Um, so the, the wooing of me into some sort of, you know, submission was the word they used. We might call it yeah. control, but yeah. submission... Um, was was very gradual again, yep. um, and probably for someone on the outside, it was probably very quick. Yep. But for for me, it was it was much more gradual than just you know you stand there, you know your story. <laughs> um, but I remember they um, they had two youth groups. They had a um, like a twenties and thirties youth group, and then they had a sort of a teeny boppers youth group. And I you know I I'd been clubbing. A lot of my friends were in. I was in my twenties. A lot of my friends were in their their twenties and thirties, and so I joined that twenties and thirties group. Yeah. And then at the end of the first meeting, because the first meeting for the year, um, I think this is about 91, and that sort of started with the school year. So yeah. it would have been about February, somewhere around there. And um, Pastor Jay came up to me and said, hey, I, you know, I, I didn't see you at my, you know, teeny bopper meeting, whatever it was called back then. And I was like, um, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to go to this one. And I remember he looked at me and he goes, mate, you don't understand, he said. And... And I was like, oh, he goes, you need to come to mine. Yeah. And I looked at him and I remember thinking to myself at the time, oh, I don't understand. <laughs> oh, there's, there's something to this. There's a reason why he wants. Now, retrospectively, he just wanted the numbers. Yeah. Right. And he just wanted more people in his group. Um, he, you know, he's competing within great big AOG to have the, you know, the number of kids in his group. Absolutely. And I had no desire to go to his teeny bopper group. And then he, just, he sat there and he just convinced me and, you know, told me all the reasons. And, and the thing that, again, it keeps standing out to me was, mate, you don't understand. Yeah. And what that was basically saying to me, which is what we've been told in the Revival Centre the whole time as well, is I'm the leader. I understand. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. 100%. And defer to my ability to choose for you. Defer to my knowledge, my wisdom, my this, my that. Um, and I did. And I've got to say, I was I was in that teeny bopper group as a twenty something yeah. for absolute years, and miserable. Yeah, you know, I used to look at the the folks in the in the twenties and thirties group and just think, oh, that must be awesome, you know, because <laughs> we just weren't treated like kids. Yeah. And um, when I eventually made the decision to leave the the teeny bopper group and go to the older one, I was afraid. Yeah. To tell him. Yeah, yeah. I was really shit scared, and and I can remember. Um, another time I wanted to do some volunteer work and, you know, when you were talking about, you know, you stand here, um, I went in and, and I said, I want to do some volunteer work. And he gave me a whole heap of newspaper cuttings and told me he wanted me to glue them onto pieces of paper. Oh. And that was my job. I realized later on that what he was attempting to do was to test me yep. to see if I was going to do the shit kicker jobs, you know, but that's all I ever yeah. did. For him, you know what I mean? It was a shit kicker jobs because he took all the, the glory. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that, that was my experience with him. And, and I've got friends, you know, I went to Bible college too. And I've got friends that tell very similar stories with very different people in very different great big AOGs and smaller yeah. AOGs and country AOGs. And it's, it's the culture of the organization. Well, it's interesting that uh, I, you know, I haven't told you this, but I had exactly the same thing happen when I went there. I went to the older group. I was... Um, you know, we're a relatively similar age. I think we're only mm. 18 months or so apart or something. And I did. I went to the 20s group as well. And I had 
the same conversation did that you? you need to come to this one. It's more exciting. This one's boring. Yeah, right. Um, so, and I did. So yeah. I went to the teeny boppers yeah. because it was more fun. It was more exciting. There was, yeah. and it was the same thing every week. That's the reality. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was it was very much a competition. But I wonder, I wonder how the other leaders in his, you know, like the youth leadership team, the other youth pastors would have responded if they'd known that he was running around telling people don't go to their group, come to mine, theirs is boring. Yeah, well, it would have been interesting to see if that did come out. And, and I mean, you've got to remember this this youth group, I, I can't remember how many hundred um, it was, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. was like three, four hundred yeah, or something at one stage. It was yeah. enormous. So it, it was double the size of a lot of small churches. Yes. <laughs> so it was, it was an enormous beast within itself, within this large organisation yeah. that was a couple of thousand people. So And there was a lot of aspiring leaders oh yeah because you know i thought was interesting um pastor b another pastor he actually came to me one day and said i think one day you could be the youth pastor of our group yeah and um and again that sort of flattering but also giving me that sense of wow they actually seeing me as a potential leader you know and remembering that you know he was the bigwig of that group and he was saying i could one day be him yeah. I could one day be standing because, like, for, for for you and I, control was not so much a big thing for me as well. I joke about it, but really, it was the status. Yeah, you know, we used to talk about um, the girls, the gold, and the glory, and for me, it was the glory. Um, that that that's what they appealed to in me, right? And and to drag me into that space. But I remember one day you telling me that he'd had the same conversation with you. Yeah, he did. That had. he was that yeah. he was grooming you. Now there's only one spot. Yeah, that's right. Right. Well, cast your net wide. You're going to get one of them. But that's right. crazy, you know. Like, we're, I mean, we're no wonder we're all competing with each other because they were setting us up to compete with each other. Well, and you know, post that conversation, it was around that time that I'd broken away, and it was with my wife at the time and we were you know the whole whatever it was the you know the laughing thing that was happening straw broke camels back we went right we're gonna get that could be here. another episode by yeah the way. I, and I, laughing think, thing. I yeah. think it needs to be because yeah. god for me, that was pretty fucking funny oh yeah <laughs> and <laughs> laughing now brother <laughs> laughing now Woo! Oh, the spirit Woo! it's a confusing time too um but you know, we had made the decision that we were going to go to a Baptist church, which was seen as a step down in mm. the, the Pentecostal space. It was like, oh, you're going there. Yeah. So they have they don't have the baptism of the spirit. They've no. just got the baptism with the water. Yeah, that's right. They've just yeah. got the Baptist. Look out for them. Yeah. But I, I remember... They're in, but only just. <laughs> you reckon they're in? I reckon that was the mentality. The mentality right. was the Baptists were in, yeah. but they weren't as in as we are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they'd be right in if they became part of the Strangers and Churches, of yes, course. But, like Scott um, Morrison. Like Scotty. Um, but I remember him calling me at the and saying, want to have you over for dinner. Mm. This know, is Pastor V. Pastor V. Mm. Saying, it's, you know, we, ne- we need to have a chat. And he sat us down, and that's where I had the conversation about being a pew warmer. He mm. said, is this really what you want for your life? I said, yeah, yeah, actually he is. I'm, I'm happy for that. And, and talked again about the aspiration. If I wanted it, it was there. I could have that glory that was just sitting there. It was ready for the taking. Mm. Um, I didn't but little know. did you know, that you... was my gig. No. Right? He told me it was my gig and told Fred it was his gig and Barney it was his gig. I think it would have been one of the early job shares. Right. So that's yeah. how we well, could have I, I don't know if you remember, but other people got the gigs before we did. Yeah, yeah they, they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's another conversation. Um, and, you know, he had that conversation and he was pissed. He yeah. was pissed that we were leaving. And um, 
I have since, I tried to reconnect with him uh, 10 years after this and his attitude towards me was just cold. It was absolutely cold. And whether it was based on that and that decision I'd made, I was no longer in that fold, or whether it was just based on the fact that he'd moved on and um, the current set of people and influence that he had in his life where he's focused, Mm. but he wanted nothing to do. Because as a human, I actually liked him. Mm. I connected with him. Yeah, he was a nice guy. He was. Well, he appeared to be. Um, It's funny that they call themselves pastors, meaning shepherds, and, and really... You know, there are other denominations out there where the, the shepherding and the, and the pastoring is certainly superior to what's going on in, in the AOG. But oh, yeah. before before we finish, because we're coming up to the end of our time, but I just yeah. wanted to make a statement, throw it your way and get you to respond, that leadership was a reward yep. for conformity in Great Big AOG. I think you're right. Um, and if you accepted that reward, then your job was to get everyone else to conform. Mm. So I think I think you're right. It definitely was about conformity because being different was not accepted. No. Um, both of us have many, many examples of people being cast aside because they were different, they were too hard, mm. that they would have been too difficult to mould, mm. I think. Um, so I think you're right. And, you know, I was thinking we certainly did have... Uh, a handful of people of, of different ethnic minorities in our yeah. in Great Big AOG, but it wasn't a lot. No. And it certainly didn't reflect the percentage of Australian culture even then. Um, no. But what was interesting is they had their own churches. Remember? Yes. Yeah, that, that's right. They yeah, so you too. had like the Chinese church or the Greek church or the Italian church. And I get it. That's okay. They can go and do that and you make it a cultural center and all that. Yeah. But I still think there was a... They didn't fit in Great Big anglicised AOG, if you know what I mean. No. And, you know, you think about this, and this is for another episode, but you think about how far people travelled yes. to access this great big AOG. From all over from all over the city. Would oh, come in. Yeah. over an hour drive, yeah. some people would. And, and it was, in, which sort of flies in the face of your local church. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but anyway, that, that is for another episode. Yeah, that is indeed. Yeah, look, I, I think that it was all about conformity. And if you started to think for yourself... Um, and, and, you know, when, when we do episodes on, on our, our leaving, um, we can talk about this more. But when I started to think for myself and started to have opinions and started to verbalize that my opinions, that was the end of my career, um, pastor career track yep. in the AOG. I was actually getting my accreditation. I'd submitted it to the, to, the, um, to the hierarchy. You know, the whole process was in. And then I started to look at things and go, hold on. And then I started to say it out loud and that was the end for me. Yeah. So so the leadership, it's not just about conforming to the leaders. They have to conform to be there. Yeah, you know, which comes back to that toxic organisation conversation we right. had before. I mean, And that we're going to have next week. We, we are. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about that next week. Okay, sounds really good. So um, just reminding people that we do have the Facebook page, so come and engage. Um, we'd really like people to get in there and start to share resources and other bits and pieces, as I said before, to, to help one another. Um, and, you know, if, if you have things to say, jump in there and, and say them. Yep, that'd be great. All right, catch you next week. All right, see you next week, B.